War never changes. Remember, no Russian. Did I ever tell you the definition of insanity? If I'm to choose between a greater and lesser evil, I'd rather not choose at all. I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. Everyone I have cared for has either died or left me. Everyone fucking except for you. Hey, hello, welcome to a new episode of Let's Talk Video Games. We are um, going to review a game today. I'm Walter Núñez and I'm back finally after finishing with my um, last exams and finally getting some time to um, uh, review and uh, actually play a lot of uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Um, in case you didn't know, the game uh, was released on... Um, December 10th, 2020, after four, if I'm not mistaken, um, um, times that they just pushed the, the date uh, a little bit more. So um, we finally get it. And in case, again, you don't know, their release has been less than ideal. And I'm putting it, I'm putting it like very lightly because to be fair... It has been a mess. It has been disastrous. Um, there are a lot of bugs, a lot of crashes, glitches, problems overall with the, the game uh, on specific platforms. However, um, there are also really good things about it. So this review is going to be interesting. Um, I'm going to um, kind of divide it into something I've never done before and I was not expecting to do, um, especially on this game. Um, I'm going to divide it on... I'm going to review the, the game as it is, as, as it should be. Um, the I, I will talk about, as usual, as of the story, the world building, the music and sound design, the game mechanics and controls of the game as it should be. I'm not going to take into account any bugs, any glitches, any crashes. It's going to be just the pure content as we should have um, gotten it. However, I will be doing talking about these um, problems, these technical issues uh, later at the end of the of the review because there are a lot and they they deserve their own little section um, that's not going to be so little. So, um, yeah. Um, without further ado now, let's start with the story. So, the story is divided into three main acts. Um, the first one is mostly um, related or dependent on the life that you chose. You can choose, uh, as, I, as I said before, uh, the street kid, the corporate or the nomad. Um, and that kind of gives you some background on how V is, or your character is called V, um, is really going to interact with um, Night City. The, the knowledge you have as a street kid is completely different to the knowledge you have as a corporate or as a nomad. And also your priorities are kind of different. So... Um, that act, that first act, um, is really connected to your first decision. Um, I gotta say I chose Street Kid and I haven't played any of the other two, uh, but, um, it's really not that important. Um, 
you you get to know this uh, NPC called Jackie Wells and befriend him. And I got to say, like in the very, very um, few minutes you, you got to, to interact a lot with him, um, he became one of my favorites. It's a character that has a very nice writing and um, it really creates a connection, a very fast connection with you as a player. Um, eventually you will get trouble with Arisaka, that it's a giant tech company that controls a lot of Night City and the world overall. You will end up meeting G Johnny Silverhand in the most unique and unexpected way. And to be honest, I was not a fan of how we got Silverhand presented at first, but it grows on you fast. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, really, but the way we interact with him is great. In some missions or gigs or side jobs, he provides you some advice. Now, you know he's a son of a bitch, and he's quite selfish. However, he um, he's also very experienced on the Merc work. So, sometimes taking his advice will be wise, and sometimes it will lead you into a massacre. So, the, the balancing of choices uh, regarding Johnny Silverhand's um, uh, tips or advices is really important. Um, again, not going to spoil anything, uh, but we do need to talk about the ending. Um, you will get uh, different options for your ending depending on uh, some quest lines that are not part of the main story. What I mean by that is some side jobs we'll have uh, like a running quest line with um, a specific group or a specific character. And uh, if you finish that quest line successfully, you will get more options um, on, on how you want to end things uh, on Cyberpunk 2077. Also, um, it depends a lot on one of the endings on how you've been training Johnny. Um, it's it's a difficult difficult relationship, but um, you you need to manage it uh, just in the right way to get that that option. Um, there are four main um, endings and one secret one. Again, that secret one is um, mostly dependent on how uh, you have been dealing with Johnny Silverhand uh, Silverhand during the whole game. I do want to point out that um, I'm not talking about, like, when I say during the, the game, I'm not talking about the main jobs. A lot of the decisions you make on uh, side jobs are going to actively affect how you're going to end things. Um, so, uh, personally, I like that. I like that a lot. And I think those um, little things that affect your... Um, main experience is are, are great, you know. Um, it's a really nice way to to tell a story and to give you the feeling of what are that what you're doing is really important. Um, not not only the the stuff you do during main missions that are uh, regarding um, stuff with you and Johnny and stuff, but also just things that you want to do, people you want to help. Um, mysteries you want to solve, all of that is going to be again um, have a repercussion, repercussion, repercussion. Fuck, it's going to have um, consequences. Damn, 
uh, on on how you 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 will experience Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Um, so yeah, um, I I do want to talk to you about the um, length of the main game. <sighs> I think it is very short. Um, I have around um, 48 hours of um, time playing my character V from the Street Kid Lifepad. And uh, I, I I do want to say I, I was kind of surprised that I got to the point of no return around 45. Um, it's weird. It's weird because um, if you take into account... Uh, the last game Seed Project Red made that was um, The Witcher 3. The game was very long. Uh, like the, the main quest line was super long. And I, I love that because the story was really, really interesting. And in this case, the story is probably the same. I, I will say that the story is really, really interesting too. I was always trying to know like what's going on and, and I didn't want to like finish it too fast, but I do want to know what, what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like it was, uh, I was cut short too fast and I, I didn't quite like that. I know CD Projekt Red wanted everyone to see the ending of Cyberpunk 2077, contrary to uh, what happened uh, in The Witcher 3. But again, I still felt I could have got like a lot, lot more content. Um, however, uh, all the time the story feels super important and does not have uh, fillers, in my opinion. And all in all, I would give the story a 10 out of 10. It's perfect. It's really, really interesting. It's really nice. I loved it. And um, now I'm going to talk about world building and it's going to be a bit interesting because I usually just talk about um, like just a bit about how the actual world buildings and landscapes are done or made or exist. And I focus more on how NPCs and events forge the world. However, um, this time I do need to talk a bit more about buildings. Um, Cyberpunk has a huge map, really, really big. There are a lot of stuff uh, that you can do. We got side jobs, for instance, um, that sometimes are related to bigger quest lines for, you know, a specific NPC or a specific group. Um, these are my personal favorites because um, those NPCs are explored uh, thoroughly. I got to see how they feel in different situations and you, you really connect with them. We also have like the usual one-time side, mis side missions that are good overall and just provide like uh, a little bit more context of how uh, Night City works, really. Um, we also have gigs that are sent usually by a fixer and will get us just some money. However, sometimes if you do an excellent job, you will get extra money. So um, it is. I think it's really worth doing the, the optional objectives on these ones. And lastly, we got the N, uh, NCPD activities or the Night City Police Department activities. These are very straightforward as they are usually just cleaning up uh, an area uh, of enemies. You can take them uh, all in a matter of minutes and that will get you a, a bit of money. It's, it's good money and easy money, to be fair. Um, now, as I said, the way um, Night City is structured is quite interesting. While... Um, 
Mm, the map, as I said, is, is like very big horizontally. There are a lot of uh, vertical, uh, yeah, buildings. Um, it's it's probably a bit confusing. Let me try to rephrase that and, and uh, explain myself better. Um, take GTA, for instance. GTA is a game that explores the streets of uh, Los Santos. And that's it. You do everything on uh, floor level, right? Or the sea. Um, however, you do not get the chance to explore a lot of places uh, or a lot of buildings from the inside. In Cyberpunk 2077, you explore a lot of stuff vertically. So you go inside buildings, you start exploring instead of just going forward, you start going up and down, and that is amazing. You really understand a lot of how people live in, in the buildings, how they are like having these super small apartments, and they all live like shit. You visit motels that are completely different, but they're like uh, special for merc work. You visit a lot of abandoned buildings. And all of these are not only available when, while you are doing the mission. All of these are open to whenever the fuck you want to go. So if you missed something that you wanted to check out um, after doing a specific mission, you can just go go back and, and explore. And, and that's amazing. That's great, in my opinion. Um, there are these, uh, called mega buildings that are, uh, well, very big buildings that, uh, usually have a lot of very good loot, uh, but you will have to face a lot of enemies and how you manage to, um, solve, uh, yeah, kind of solve the puzzle of how to take down enemies, you, um, you can get away with more stuff. Uh, um, now, I do want to talk about, uh, specifically about some NPCs. Um, I want to talk first about Panem. This girl is a rebel Aldecaldo, um, which is presented during the main missions. However, uh, she will open an amazing quest line that will get, um, like into detail, um, about her and about the Aldecaldos or the nomads. So, um, yeah, I, I think doing the quest line for Pan Am is really nice. It's a really nice way or the best way to really get to know the, the nomads and how, how they live. The next one is River. He is a cop for the NCPD. And again, this quest line shows a lot of dark stuff and how dirty the cops are in Night City. Judy Alvarez will provide a view on the Moxes and uh, a specific niche of uh, the sex work in Night City. Her quests were one were, were probably my favorites, and she was uh, my favorite NPC of all, um, just a bit above uh, Jackie. Now, we don't usually connect uh, with the fixers in a narrative way, but we do uh, with the rogue. She was friends with Johnny Silverhand um, back in 2020 and is now one of the most important fixers in the city. She provides some uh, amazing insight on how Silverhand was back in the day. And that takes me to Johnny Silverhand himself. Uh, first of all, Keanu's voice acting was superb. He really got into the character's personality. 
Um, that personality is one of an asshole. Silverhand is very self-centered and does not care for anyone or anything uh, that will not benefit him. However, as we progress uh, through the game, we will see an interesting phenomenon. V is becoming a bit like Silverhand, and Silverhand is becoming a bit like V. There are opposites that are kind of balancing themselves and being a positive influence on each other. Um, now, the original soundtrack was created by Marcin. The I can't pronounce the the the, um, the last name. I'm very sorry, but he's the very same composer for The Witcher Three, Gwent, and other um, interesting uh, video game projects. However, this time he was uh, not alone. He also worked alongside Paul Leonard Morgan, composer for movies like Dread, and P.T. Adamsich, who uh, also worked on the Gwent soundtrack. And it is because of this that there's no surprise that the music is great. There is this feeling of danger and darkness always present um, that gets into your nerves and lets you know that Night City is not a place for the faint of heart. While there are some cow moments, um, there are very few. You will feel adrenaline most of the time, either by romance, fear of dead, or just your average shooting in a mega building. My favorite song is Adam's Masher, partly because um, when it's presented, it's an epic moment, and partly because it is really nice, uh, like intense song. Um, as always, I will provide the link to the album of the soundtrack for Spotify and Apple Music in the description of the episode. Now, regarding the sound design, I just I just say at some point the um, the weapons feel different just by how they sound. You get a you, like you can get a really good idea of which weapon uh, you are facing by just listening. Also, the hacking sounds are subtle but nice. There is um, really nice sound mixing too. Uh, we are in a city with thousands of ads, and a lot of them have sound. Um, however, they do not take over or like really distract you from what's important. And that, that I think, um, I do have one uh, sound uh, complaint. Um, it's it's that I don't like all the music or most of the music from the radio um, when you are in a car. I felt like it was just too intense. And the only moments you get some peace is when driving from one point to another. Um, at first, it was amazing because I was really excited about the game. So I went like, yeah, yeah, boom, 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 boom. But as you progress through it and you are like 20 hours in, you want some some peace. Um, I uh, first started to listen to the most uh, kind of pop music for um uh for cyberpunk and it was okay but i ended up um just you know turning off the radio um like forever um i, th I think it was just too much it was way way too much adrenaline and too much uh like darkness and this um you can't if you can't get any moments of peace i don't think you can really enjoy the moments of really intense uh, work during the game. So on that specific case, I am not happy. Um, however, I think we should move on to game mechanics and controls because it's one of the things I love the most about Cyberpunk. Um, you have this freedom of playing however the fuck you want. 
I decided to go like full hacking and stealth, and I loved it. Um, you can also try your luck with, you know, sniper rifles and assault rifles and handguns, or you can do like melee weapons like katanas or um, wrenches or mantis arms. And you, you can decide how you play. Like all in all, you get like an, an experience tailored to how you want to, to play it. There are um, some boss fights, and I had a... I really had a hard time at first doing them because, as I said, I'm doing stealth and hacking and you can't just, like, um, one-hit uh, an enemy, like a boss fight um, while doing stealth or hacking. So that that was hard. However, I, I got the hang of it pretty fast. Um, if you just do, like, quick hacks and shoot... You, you will get it. It's going to take some time. It will. But um, it, it's possible and it's not like super hard, you know. It's just slower. Um, uh, there's also this crafting system that I never used. I just kept getting better weapons every time. Um, and I, I just like didn't really needed any extra stuff. And... <sighs> Okay, here's a confession. I didn't notice the existence of the crafting system for like 10 hours. Like, I don't think we really have like a proper introduction to it. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. For me, it's not important. It's completely um, not important to, to use the crafting system. I wouldn't like really get much into detail. Uh, but yeah, not, not the most important thing in the world. Um, now, similar to how The Witcher 3 worked, we have different clothes with different stats. And similar to The Witcher 3, you will look like a clown most of the time if you are interested in getting the best stats possible. <sighs> I used to have no problems with that, but after playing the new system um, for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I think that that one is a much better way um, to use clothing and weapons. Instead of having an absurd amount of clothes and weapons, let's just get iconic ones and, and like upgrade them, you know? Like, you have, um, like, three or four sniper rifles and that's it, but you will be able to um, upgrade them. I think, I think that's way better. And I think it's less messy. Um, the combat is intuitive um, and it's it's great to be honest it's clean and to the point um, and yeah it's it's a big part of the game if you decide to go like full uh, berserk but um, I do feel like the best way to really enjoy the game and the story is just by going full hacker and stealth like become the ultimate thief but it's up to you um, I, um, as I said, that the map was, was huge, is huge, and sometimes the distances are just, um, like, absurd. However, there are fast traveling points all over Night City and some part of the Badlands, and this wheel is your pain. Um, you can also buy cars and bikes, but in reality, they offer nothing extra to what you can get for free. All cars will get you to uh, your destination one way or another. Um... Like, you, you can get a lot of different cars and bikes for free just by doing quests. And you can even get the fastest car in the game 
for free. So it's not really worth it, um, in my opinion, unless you are interested in the achievement of buying all the cars, which is freaking expensive. It's like $1,700,000 or euro dollars, eddies, whatever. Um, but nah, I, I wouldn't really get into it. Um, now, the, the, the last thing about the, the game mechanics is that I don't like the, the customization. It's so poor on your character. Like, they... They offer you a character creation that's big, that's really big. Like, you can change pretty much everything. No, you know how it is. Like, you can change all the factions. You can change uh, hair color, type of hair, your beard, uh, color of your beard, your eyes. All of that you can change. However, um, that's only in the beginning of the game when you start creating your V character. As you progress uh, throughout the game, you have absolutely no chance to um, aesthetically change your character. You can add some cyberware, you know, like the mantis arms or augment uh, like circulatory system stuff or whatever. Like you can get some uh, the Reaper docs, some some uh, new chrome or uh, upgrades, but those are just um, useful you know they are not flashy in any way so if you want to add some tattoos to your character well you're fucked you can't if you want to change the color of your character if you want to change the whole skin of your character because there are characters on or npcs on on uh, cyberpunk that are full metal like their skin is metal if you want to do that with your character you can't and um in a city that's so obsessed with enhancing themselves, this just doesn't make any sense. And I am not a fan of the first-person view for this game. It's okay, it's great. Like I mean, the, the game is in, super enjoyable. Uh, and even though I don't like, in general, first-person um, perspective, I, I think it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. I have no complaints uh, regarding the first-person perspective. But I do uh, think that you could get more out of your character or, or the connection with your character if you do this um, third-person perspective. Um, and with that, we finish the How It Should Have Been Cyberpunk 2077 review, and we move on to The Ugly Truth. <sighs> okay. First of all, I want to say I've played a game on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and PC. So I pretty much have everything covered. Uh, okay, where should we start? I think we should start with PlayStation 4, which is the absolute worst experience. Um, the lightning is super off. The um, characters uh, just don't render at times. Textures take too much uh, time to render. Um, there are a lot of physics uh, problems. Cars appear out of nowhere. Um, random crashes uh, on the cars. Also random crashes from the application. Um, sometimes you can't move for no apparent reason. Like you open a menu, you close a menu, you can't move anymore. Um, uh, there's... It's a mess. It was a mess. It was a mess. Um, I don't know what happened. 
I don't know. Uh, well, I do know. I'm going to explain it a little bit later. Uh, but it was a terrible experience. It was... It was worse than Assassin's Creed Unity. Just think about that. It was way, way worse. And um, PC had almost no issues um, after the hotfix, which is the uh, was like three or four days after release date. Again, it's beyond me. Why do we have like a day zero patch? And we needed a hot fix three days later that fixed like most of the game breaking issues. Like why? Why? Why didn't you add that before? It's three days. Three days. But anyway, um, on PlayStation 5, had pretty much the same issues that I had on PC, but um, with more uh, complete game crashes. Uh... I do want to say that after the hotfix, yeah, we've been having a lot of uh, problems solved. Like, the experience has been overall kind of smooth. Eh. I've been having, I counted them. Let me see. I have 48 hours on Cyberpunk 2077, and I've had 32 crashes. That's a lot. That's a lot of fucking crashes. And it's freaking annoying. You're in the middle of a mission or uh, doing something or whatever. Or uh, I was in the very last uh, mission, the very last boss fight, and I had to um, restart the game. Well, it crashed. I had to open it again. So it was annoying. Um, I haven't had any other, like, super big glitches except for one. Um, I needed to defeat... An, a specific NPC called Sandra Dorset, um, and I couldn't because her buddy, after I killed her, just dropped to oblivion. Like she uh, went through all the building, all the apartments in the building, and through the floor, and I can't get to her now. So that mission is fucked. I can't finish that one, um, which is going to be. Hard because I wanted to platinum the game, uh, but whatever. Guess I have to do that <sighs> some other time. Um, so yeah, uh, what happened? What happened? Um, according to all the information I've been, you know, collecting, the problem is that CD Projekt Red pushed too far the PlayStation Four and the Xbox One. And they didn't test it enough. They thought it was going to be okay. And it clearly wasn't. They underestimated. Uh, they overestimated what the console could handle. Uh, most of the issues are um, memory uh, related or hardware related. Because you play the same game. Like the same version. You play the PlayStation 4 version on a PlayStation 5. And it works great uh, in comparison so the the problem is the hardware kinda because the real problem is that they had the chance to study this problem and decide first if they wanted to even go with that um generation like if they wanted to sell to playstation 4 and, and xbox one and then if they did 
wanted to sell to to those consoles to fucking patch the game up like uh, memory management is really important and I think it's one of the most important issues on 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 most common issues on on these games so um it's just sad um they said they you know they said that they're going to have a patch like in next week I think um and the big big patches are coming on uh either January or February 2021 which again is beyond me why why are they releasing a game knowing that it's not finished that it's not even decent you know I just did a review of how amazing the content is. It's one of the most fun uh, games I've ever played. If you take out all of the technical issues, if they took two months more and really, really work on having this game 100%, I mean, it's impossible, but you know what I mean, 100% uh, okay, we wouldn't have these issues because a lot of people are wanting a refund too. And I I understand that. Why wouldn't you, you know? I can't play a game in PlayStation 4 or an, X- or an Xbox One. Why would I fucking want to have this game at all? You are, like, you are owning a game that you can't, literally can't play for at least one or two months. So a lot of people are asking for refunds. And, and that's, again, that's also sad. Because you take money away that they thought they had. Um, and it's just not working. I, I am a big fan of uh, The Witcher 3. It's one of my favorite games ever. Um, I'm a fan of CD Projekt Red and how they usually handle stuff. But they messed up here. And they messed up not on the, not on the content. The content is great. They messed up on uh, the technical part and the... Um, how they handle their own project. And I've said this before. They had a lot of issues. They've been having a lot of issues with all of these delays on the on the game. You you failed. You knew. Especially if you like you can like you know uh, being you know a normal person. But if you work on, on software or as a programmer or whatever you know that there is a like a big issue of how they are managing their own games, you know, like their own um, development, and it shows. Sadly, sadly, I was right. Uh, they they are still too young to work uh, correctly. These kind of games, um, these kind of projects. Um, they needed more experience on part of the development team to guide them on on the right path. They can create amazing stuff. I'm again, I do want to be clear about that. I don't think that they messed up on the content uh, at all. It's an amazing game. The quizlings are super fun. Even the side geeks, I even have fun trying to kill all the motherfuckers in in the NCPD missions. But I just can't completely enjoy it if I'm having crash every couple of hours or less like an hour and a half it's annoying and I, I I really can't do it so um I really hope that they 
can get like their shit together. Um, and I would advise probably getting some outside help uh, from experienced uh, uh, managers on, on software development and especially on game development so that they can train and guide uh, all the people in CD Projekt Red to have, uh, you know, so they can have a really successful launch. Um, they are working. Well, not currently. They just stopped because the game is so fucking buggy. Um, but they are also um, trying to make a Cyberpunk multiplayer that's pretty much another complete experience uh, in Night City, um, which is going to be kind of what Miles Morales uh, was to the original Spider-Man, but multiplayer. And if, if they don't um, deal with these management problems, they're going to face the same stuff. They're going to have a release date with thousands of bugs and glitches and crashes, and people are going to have a lot of backlash. They have uh, lost a lot of money. Um, um, their, their, the company has, lot of lo has lost a lot of money because of these problems, and I don't think they deserve it. I, I think they deserve it because the game is was not ready for launch, but I do not wish them these kind of problems. I don't know if, if I'm making any sense. I think they, uh, they are a really nice company that do care about players, but they just couldn't handle this. And uh, it's hard. Uh, software development is hard. And uh, yeah, they, they really need to, to um, sit down three or two days and really try to, to uh, understand what went wrong. What specifically, what specifically went wrong and at which point, you know? Was it in the middle of the, of the development? Was it the last stages? Was it quality assurance? Maybe it wasn't quality assurance or maybe it was. Maybe you needed more people in quality assurance or maybe um, j just pushed or did like hot fixes or quick fixes that ended up destroying stuff uh, later on during the, the game or whatever, you know? They really need to, to talk this through. Um, so, do I recommend Cyberpunk 2077? I, I suppose that's the big question here. Well, if you are playing on a last-gen um, gen, uh, console, that's PlayStation 4, or PlayStation 4 Pro, Xbox One, or Xbox One X, no. No, I do not recommend it. I think you should wait. Uh, for either getting a new console or the um, big patches and see how they work um, on the internet uh, on January or February. So, yeah, no. If you're thinking about it and you have these two consoles, just don't. You won't be able to play it. You won't be able to really enjoy what they they have to offer. If you have a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox um, Series X, go for it. Go for it. I think um, you will have an really enjoyable experience you will do face a lot of crashes and some bugs uh nothing like super really out of the ordinary but um yeah i would say go for it if you're playing on a pc damn just you know you know what you're in for obviously just go get the freaking game um so yeah that that was that was it for today 
Uh, remember that you can listen to all the episodes and reviews of Let's Talk Video Games on our website. That's um, letstalkvg.com. Um, this Friday, we'll be discussing the Game Award winners because there was some backlash. Uh, some people got really mad because of some specific winners. Uh, but we'll get you know into more detail on that on Friday. So, until then, stay safe. Cheers. Thank you.